This is not just a case of simple mediation. You are asking me to choose the next leader of the Klingon Empire. No. By tradition, the two strongest challengers fight for the right of succession. It is February 8th, 2024. I'm Matt coming to you from Radio Row on Super at the Super Bowl. Nope, not even a chance of it. Not going, not watching, no nothing. Still in Geistown, living the dream. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I'm Steve in Southern Bedford County, and uh, I don't watch football anymore because they're a bunch of overpaid, whiny babies who always complain about everything that they don't have. Don't be, I don't gratify for what they do have. Playing a kid's game as a grown man, being paid for it, and then complaining that you don't get enough money for it. Wah, wah, wah. Anyway. Thus endeth our sports coverage for the week. Yeah, and that is our, yeah, that is the uh, Bedford, uh, Bedford, Cambria County sports coverage for the week. How you been? Good, how are you? Oh, not bad. No real complaints. Uh, Good. So, we talked a little bit last week, and I think it was a continuing of of an interesting discussion that we might as well just jump right into. Things that we could potentially change that I think, or you and I can discuss each issue and point as they come up, but you and I think about, would be beneficial from a, and I I think we should limit ourselves to federal government at this point. And maybe do an episode later down the road for lo- county and local government. Changes. Things that I think could, or we think could be potentially better, and let's weigh them out. Sound okay. like a plan? Works for me. Okay. i got a whole list of ideas then. All right. How about we just go back and forth? What's, what's your first one, if you have? A what? Okay. Well, let's, let's first off set the, the, the basis here. The parameters. I think the parameters, well, yeah, the, well, okay, parameters. I think the United States Constitution, written by the forefathers, the, the founding fathers of this nation, is the greatest document that was ever written by a bunch of men or women. And these were all men that happened to be two times. I don't think any politician alive today could have ever sat down with a group of people like they did and write the United States Constitution, because they weren't politicians who wrote, the polit- who wrote the Constitution. They were very educated men, lots of experience, deep thinkers, and who thought more than just about themselves. They thought what was good for the nation based off of the experiences they had with a uh, tyrannical kingship and a, a revolutionary war they had to fight for years. So, so, so if the George Washington, Benjamin Franklin... Thomas Jefferson, John Adams were alive today, they'd be Monroe. podcasters. If they were what? They'd be podcasters. Yeah, because they weren't politicians. <laughs> they weren't politicians. <laughs> so, <laughs> they definitely weren't politicians. Because a politician couldn't come up with this. You you couldn't get any you couldn't get any of the politicians that I've known in my 60 plus years that I've known about could ever sit down in a room and in a summer hash out 
create a constitution. No, yeah. no, no, there's just none. So, so start with that, that I think it's the greatest document ever written. And I don't want to change the constitution or get rid of it. Okay. Okay. All right. However, of the three branches of the government, which most Americans can't even, if you ask the average millennial all the way down to Gen Z, couldn't tell you what the three legislative branches, the three branches are of a government. It's fear, loathing, and hunger. Do what? Fear, loathing, and hunger. Well, they had a man on the streets interview oh. some show I was watching, and they said Democrat, Republican, and Independent. That was that was this girl's answer. In the ballpark. <sighs> At least they were political things. Uh, okay, yeah. It, At it least was, it wasn't it, like it was. It was judges, Gouda cheese, and baseball. Yeah. So, of the executive, legislative, and judicial, those three branches, the things that I think should be changed is in the legislative and the executive side. Okay. Leave the judicial alone because lawyers are lawyers are lawyers, and you gotta you can't screw around with that. <clears throat> But the government service workers, not the politicians, but the government service workers that are in the legislative branch and the government service workers that are in the the executive branch, every five years have to change their jobs and go to one of the other service. Either, either if they're in the legislative, you have to go to the executive. Or if you're in the executive, you have to go to legislative. And then after that switch, since you've already been on both sides, the next five years, you have to get completely out of that and go into some other government service job in the government with your with your job skills. That way you, you break this fifth or third rail, whatever you want to call it, of government that's out there that is the, bureauc the bureaucracy that has been created by all these government service workers that are there for 20, 30 years, who is the real power behind the politicians. You could say that. Yeah, I would say I would for for a long time the the argument had been made about the concept of the fourth branch of government being press. Mhm. Mm so you had everybody watching everybody and somebody talking about that to the public as well. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's now it's the fourth you could the the argument is much better about the idea of the fourth branch of government is the unelected bureaucrat. Right, and, and they're all unionized. Well, or have civil service protection. Yeah, yeah, same thing. So I think that those, they should, they can have their 20 or 30 year career, but you can't have it sitting in one position in the, in one office doing one thing and creating the case of becoming a power all into yourself. And the argument uh, to counter that's going to be, well, you lose the institutional knowledge of someone who's been there that long. But if you're doing the same thing for 20 or 30 years, are you doing the right thing for 20 or 30 years? You're and telling me what, what was happening what yeah. mm -hmm. in 1994 is the same thing that they should be doing in 2024? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. But they've created a power, power unto themselves. And it's also, you know, and I'm, I am, you now we said we would do, we would go back and forth. So that's my one to start off. With. Okay. That's so your I'll, first I'll one. Start. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's reasonable. 
It's not like outlandish. Okay. Know, well, I'm going to be outlandish. Oh, sure. Well, I might be. We should probably triple, if not even more, larger of an increase, the size of Congress. Yeah, that's pretty outlandish. Well, let me let me lay it out for you and see if I can talk you into it. Hmm. Okay. When the because I, I hate big government. I know. Well, I'm not talking. I'm not talking the bureaucracy. I'm talking representatives. The con- when fun- when Congress first convened in ni- or 1789, there were 65 members of the House. When you look at the population of the country at that point, that means every congressional representative represented 57,000 people. You could legitimately know your congressman or not be that far away to know your congressman. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay. I may have never met him, but my cousin worked with his wife, that kind of thing. 57,000 people is not a huge number. Want to take a guess on the number of people each congressman represents today? Let's say triple that number. So you're saying 21, uh, 210,000? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because what I, what I, it's, it's, um, 57. Oh, so it's called 60. So you're saying 180,000. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, so so three times, times three times 60 right. would be 180,000. 180,000. Yeah, so let's say 180,000. 747,000 people. So almost a quarter of a million or three quarters. Three of a quarters of a million. Yeah, impossible. You have no that. chance whatsoever. No. Of talking to, interacting with, at any meaningful level, your congressional represent, representative. Hmm. We should expand the House. So, Lord. for, well, here, and here's, here's some of the benefits. If every congressional district is 60,000 people, or let's call it 100,000 people, We dilute concentrated power. There's still a representative for everybody, but you have a much better chance of being able to actually influence that person. True. You can actually know and and interact and, and sway your congressman's vote. Because he doesn't have as many people to... No, exactly yeah. right. Hmm. So how many... I'm trying to figure... See, I'm trying to... I was trying to look up how many people are in... Okay, 400... 535 voting members. 435. 435 it's 435 in the House and 100 senators. Yeah, 100 senators. So you're talking... So we'd have to triple the House of Representatives. I'd put the House of Representatives at 1,000 people. Or, excuse me, 100, uh, 100 people. 
or no, no, a thousand. I was right the no. first time. Thir actually, thirteen hundred and five. Yeah, that's what it have to be to get it back down to the ratio we talked about. Yeah. Hmm. To big, build a bigger house. We'll get to that. <laughs> I have a solution for that too, but we'll get to that. Yeah. And it sounds it sounds counterintuitive, especially you know me, my my. I have an I defund the IRS shirt I wear. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this is the representative part of it. And especially if you tag along with eliminating the perks of being a rep and you actually just mm -hmm. were a representative, that makes a lot more sense. The house is supposed to be the people's house. Back to mm -hmm. grassroots politics yeah supposed to be yeah no, where you're I... not powerful lobbyists or lawyers you can have a dentist be the mm -hmm. be your representative right. or, a, or or school teacher or yeah it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't take you 10 million dollars to win a local seat then no hmm, that's an interesting one it's actually worth considering well, speaking of perks, then okay, here's the here's the one of the perks that I'd like to eliminate. I call it the golden system that they've set up for themselves. That they have, they being the politicians at the federal level, like I said, we're sticking with just federal. Yes, they have their own retirement system. They don't need Social Security. They have their own medical system and their own dental system. It's a golden, you know, it's like a it's a golden parachute they have set up for themselves that only they get to participate in. So I would eliminate that. I would get rid of that. So they have to participate in having Medicare, like we do once you, once we get to this in our sixties or, or social security, if you, you know, dependent upon social security, I'd set it up that way that, they, that I would eliminate that perk instantly that they wouldn't have that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you could do it fairly easily. Well, there's a couple of different ways, but just to talk about, keep that, we can talk about how you make those changes here in a second, but the concept of how you would, what you would limit. Anyone elected to office or any, well, let's say any, any government employee, congressman, senator, staffer, bureaucracy, bureaucracy, whatever, you're on federal health care. Medicare, mm -hmm. retirement and Social Security. Mm -hmm. And you can do what everyone else can do. So you can invest in a IRA or something along those lines where you could take a percentage mm -hmm. and invest and find put it all in a pool like your employer would. Yep. And it can buy a Vanguard or a Roth or whatever. But no stock picks. Just like just like the rest of us people, because you too much insider knowledge, oh, and way too much. you'd have to extend that to blood relative or or relatives as well. Right, so they can't set up a a system like they do now where I'm dirt poor, but my spouse yeah. just happened to be. Extremely very good at day trading. Yeah. And has mm -hmm. 87 million bucks. But I'm poor. 
Yeah, but we came in. We, we only came in making five hundred thousand dollars a year four years ago. Yeah, it's funny how that happens. Okay, well, I did my one. Okay, so we said we. Um. This goes now back to how do we handle, and this all of them kind of fall into this, but it also handles how you would handle so many more congressional representatives. Decentralize the federal government. Turn, and I've heard I've heard this argument before, and I like it. Turn Washington D.C. Into the museum capital of the world. Move the bureaucracy throughout the government throughout the country. Why is the Farm Bureau and the Agricultural Department in Washington D.C.? You've been to D.C. Mm-hmm. I've been to D.C. You know, what I didn't notice in D.C. Farm tractors. Farm tractors. Farms. Farms. Cows. Wouldn't you want to put that towards where there's like farms? Uh, probably out west. Some, yeah. you know, Kansas or mm-hmm. Oklahoma or Nebraska. Centralize it somewhere out there where the farm belt is. How about you put the entire defense con uh, defense system instead of a, a tourist attraction in D.C. in the Pentagon that's noticeable mm-hmm. by everything? Stick it out with NORAD. Where you can't find it. Where you can't find it. Buried under a mountain. Mm-hmm. Out in Colorado. Or something. Take all of these, and then all these buildings become just museums. Tour the Capitol. It's a, the, it's a, it's a ceremonial place. The where theme people, park. Yeah, where, yeah, it's, it's government theme park. Yeah. But then you both accomplish, you accomplish a couple of goals. You weaken the power of the bureaucracy, the unelected bureaucracy, to hurt and and influence things because it's not a concentrated power. And you put the the people who are supposed to be doing their jobs to assist, say, farmers or protect the, you know, Put why is Homeland Security in D.C.? Mm-hmm. Put it in Texas. Put it in Arizona, where there's, you know, actual potential homeland issues. issues. Or in New York City, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, you actually put those agencies right with the people who are they supposed to be closest to to help. Mm-hmm. So not only are they can more rapidly respond to a person with a question or a problem or something like that, but also have to live and see it. You're not getting that inside the beltway perspective and that's it. When you're in the, when you're sitting in the farm bureau and they're arguing about farm policy, that's going to be very different news coverage on DC news than it would be in Wichita's news. Yeah. That's very good. That's a good point. So decentralize it and just turn everything into, into um, museums. Leave the president mm-hmm. and the White House. 
leave the Supreme Court, let let congressional leadership meet in Congress, but then let them meet other places. Mm-hmm. Here's the one. You know what? Tour the Congress around. Well, I was going to say, I would, I would take yours, when it comes to the Congress, I would take it one step farther. Since Washington was set up, Washington, D.C. was set up back when we are only 13 colonies, and that was basically pretty much central to the nation. It had been New York for a while. It had been Philly for a while. Right, Philadelphia, right. DC, then, yeah, kind of centralized. There, yeah. Kind of centralized. Move Washington, D.C. to the middle of the country. There has been there actually has been talks over the throughout history about mm-hmm. should the capital yeah. have moved as the population geographically moved. Yeah. Or how about this? Split it up geographically. And and I don't want to go too far down because this is gonna hit another one of my points. Um put courts in New York, Supreme Court, federal court system in New York, executive branch in D.C., White House, the agencies that have to be there, the, the agency heads that are reporting to the president, put the Congress in West Coast. Well, since I hate California, I wouldn't wish anybody having to live there. For and, a it doesn't have to be called. No, I mean, out towards, yeah. you know, put them in. Oh, got it. Okay, put it out towards the West Coast. Yeah, put them in. Right. Put them in. Denver, put them in Phoenix. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So mine, where everybody talks about term limits, but I think I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach to it. I think there should be limits, but I would say it would be a 12-year limit as an elected official. Let me explain that. So you're you're running, you decide to run for U.S. Senate. Okay. Where Matt gets elected for U.S. Senate for the state of Pennsylvania. <clears throat> you go up there, it's a six-year term. At the end of six years, you only have six years left. So you have a choice. You can either run for re-election as a senator, or you can then, or you could run for, to be in the House of Representatives, which has two-year term limits. So you could do one Senate and three House terms. Three House terms, or you could do two Senate terms. Now, if you're in the a House and you do two terms, so you have four years off, you have you have at that point eight years left, and you decide to flip and become a U.S. Senator, which is six years, you've already got four in, and you become a U.S. Senator, you can't get reelected for U.S. Senator because you don't have the time left. You could go back to being, you could try for U.S., you could try for House of Reps again because you only have two years left or you just walk away. Yeah. So if you did three tours as a representative and you became elected a senator, you become a senator for one term and then you're out. But the point being is the term limit is 12 years total and that's it in whatever way you do it. Now, if you go... Let's say you had 12 years and then you go run for president and you become a president. Well, then that doesn't matter. You know, presidency doesn't count. But when it comes to being a you're, house, you're not going to have a president decide to then run for a house. 
No. Once you, once no, you, but I'm, but I'm, yeah, yeah, you're, saying, you're, 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 that I'm likelihood saying, is so light, little that it doesn't. Correct. But I'm saying that you hit 12 years as the senator and then you go run for the president. That 12 year term doesn't count against becoming the president. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those four years. Or so you, years you have 12 years capped in the legislative branch. Right. Period. No matter how, which way you want to shake and bake it. And that, that resolves the issue of term limits. You don't have to have, you know, you can only do so many terms as a senator. And, and the, other, the other caveat I would put on that, and I'm old, 70 years old, and you're out. Age limit. At the age of 70, you're done. Okay. Doesn't matter. Yep. Just that'd be the two, that'd be the two ways that would be term limits in of itself. Now the people say that's ageous. Uh, what is it? Ageous prejudice or some crap like that. Well, I'm old. I'm not far away from 70. I'm staring at it. I can see it down the road. Yeah. You know, so, and I say, you know, because you know what? And I'm in my 60s. I'm not, I'm not as mentally quick as I was when I was in my 40s and 50s. I know that. 70s, obviously, it doesn't get better with age. You know, some people stay very sharp, but that's not everybody. So I think there should just be a, there should be a, a, an age limit. Just okay, you're done. We don't I think need we have a lot age. of evidence of old politicians on both sides of the aisle in the last year or so demonstrating that this is not a bad, this is not a good idea to have people in their late Correct. 70s right. and yeah, 80s I, and, and 90s. Got, this has got nothing to do with who, you know, who any. Oh no! You could right put a now. you it's could just... put a blooper reel together in the last year, and it is it is party agnostic. Yeah, it's of completely. old people having yeah. mental fits. Men, we call mental farts. Yeah, just things don't work right, you know. And and I can attest to it. You, while I have much more experience in my life to pull from, I make much better decisions now than I did when I was in my twenty. A lot better decisions than I did when I was in my twenties and thirties. Um, but with all this years of experience, so I'm able to think through things better and I'm able to use the years of experience, you know, the people call wisdom to figure things out better, but I don't have the, the mental sharpness that I did even 10 years ago. Yeah. I know that, but what, I've noticed you slowing down. Well, yeah, you know, I'm old. <laughs> I know that. No. I don't care. I you know, people, people say, you know, so, some jackass I saw was wearing a shirt said 60 is the new 40. And I about puked on him. I was like, bullshit. 60 is not the new 40. 40 is 40. 60 is 60. I tell you, 40 you're hurts old, a lot more old. than 20 did. Do what? 40 hurts a lot more than 20 did. Wait, 60 hurts a hell of a lot more than 40 did for me. And when I was 40, I had broken my back twice by then i've added two more times to it since then yeah yeah anyway so so it's it's not a matter of not thinking that old people because i happen to be one of them can't contribute to things but there comes a point when you you hit that age where you need to just say you know what it's time for somebody younger to just i've had my glory it's, days it's... i've had my time in the sun now it's time to let the other person have they it. they just had it they just did it when, and and when that when I see these congressional hearings and I and I watch mm -hmm. some of them, and it's these senators or congressmen, and they're going on about uh, digital currencies okay. and Bitcoin or social media 
or AI. And I just want to, I want any one of them, any one of the witnesses. I don't care if you're a PhD from some college or you're Zuckerberg from Facebook or whatever. I want one of those guys or, or women at that point to sit there and say, Senator Jerk, demonstrate to me that you can check your email. <laughs> they have to call staffer in for that. <laughs> but these are the folks making policy and trying to make law, and they couldn't check their, I guarantee you, they couldn't check their email. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. So, okay, so, so I got like my one plus in. So 12-year limit as well as age limit. Yep. Okay, I got two more. Okay. I would re... I would change how we manage states from the federal level in the sense of this. States do not reflect the reality on the ground, the geography of states anymore. Northern California is very different than Southern California. Yeah, and just to put okay, and to put the size of California, well, put the size of California in context for most people who have probably never been there or have even been out of the country. California is the size of Iraq, a nation we are fighting, or we're fighting. Yeah, we're bombing them now again. Okay, well anyway, yeah, anyway, a nation that we so the size of California, which is one of our states, is the size of Iraq. Or Iran. I get those two mixed up. Either way, what we call a state is a country elsewhere. Okay, so just to put it in context, how big California truly is. Well, let me, let me, let me, I pulled up the map here. Of which, of what? Of, Iraq, of just Iran. by comparison, just by comparison of stuff. Oh, that's right. You got that whole geology. geology no, not geology. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I do that on purpose. Spain is <laughs> 1.19 times as big as California. So Spain and California are just, Spain's just a little bit bigger than California. Okay. I'm trying to think. Um, Ireland is two-tenths the size of California. Yeah, two-tenths. The yeah. United Kingdom, at one point, the largest military and economic power in the world, is half the size of California. Right. So. California's big. Yeah. So back to your point. That is arbitrary map uh, lines. Lines on a map. Pennsylvania, same way. Mm-hmm. Does Pennsylvania, ref- is, is the majority of the territory of Pennsylvania more aligned with Philadelphia and Pittsburgh or West Virginia? West Virginia. West Virginia. But the majority of the people are not. No. So, but why is it that way? Because we have this arbitrary line that we've lived with, by the way, set up by the British. Yeah. By the amount of, of 
territory granted to different people by the King of England mm-hmm. at that time. King George. To... And, and we just live with it. Versus changing how representation works to better reflect the will. Uh, basically, the argument is, and my point is that artificial geographic lines are creating political division artificially. Because it's not what I think the media, it's not what the media would like to think. The concept of red team, blue team, conservative, central Pennsylvania versus liberal eastern coast, that kind of thing or whatever. It's people with different priorities. There aren't farms in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. No. There's also not public transportation here. Or here. Well, we have a little bit here. Bedford, I don't think, has anything. No, nothing. But so they're going to have very different priorities that we don't care anything about because it's something that we're not worried about. Mm-hmm. They look at that at, at something like gun violence and say, let's get that, let's get them all out of there because they're living in a situation that has a very high rate of crime. We don't. So it's a very different perspective. But all of that mm-hmm. creates artificial barriers to come up with potential solutions to problems because, again, there's just somebody said at one point, but either before the founding of the country, the whole way up to when's the last state? In the 50s? Yeah, Hawaii and Alaska yeah, came on Hawaii, in the 50s. Alaska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That... Okay, you're you're all a group. You're now a team. It's back in high school or in school when the teacher would say, "Oh, okay, group project. You five right there are a team now." I'm like, well, we don't even know who we are, and we don't like each other. Too bad. You're the team. You work on a project Mm -hmm. together. Spend the next six weeks with your lives together to succeed. Mm -hmm. That's that's stupid. So there's a reason there's a there's a legitimate argument to be made, I believe, that redrawing this federal map of states maybe isn't a bad idea. Hmm. And not necessarily by political party, certainly not by political party, but Hmm. by actual demographic information. Mm -hmm. Population density access to resources, waterways, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Cool. Interesting to watch our politicians try to do that one. I have a solution for that, too. But uh, yeah. you're next if you got another one. All right. Well, mine, we, and we talked about it on the last podcast, was I would redo the entire... I would redo the... I'm not going to touch the state or the local taxes but the federal taxes i would eliminate the tax system as we know it and go into and put it to with the exception of food so food's off the table because food is a necessity 
but everything else from the from the Bic pen you buy at Dollar General to the multi-million dollar yacht that the billionaires can afford has a flat 10% federal tax on it, everything. Okay. And so I go down to Dollar General, I buy a five pack of, what do I use here? What am I using? The uh, Bic Atlantis, because I happen to like the way they write and feel for uh, $2 now in, um, with the, it would be $2 and 20 cents next time I buy whatever 10% is. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be $2 and 20 cents. And that 20 cents would be sent to the feds for taxes. So it'd be a flat tax, basically a 10%, but everybody pays it. Okay. So if I'm a billionaire and I buy a $2 million yacht, What's two million? Let's see. One end of zeros times ten percent. Two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. So now it's two million two hundred thousand, and that two hundred thousand goes straight to the federal government, and that basically cuts the IRS's power out of harassing me. I don't have to worry about filing taxes for, at the federal level, and where and and the reason why and everybody asks why did you pick 10% well i happen to tithe 10% of my check to my church every month so i figure if it's 10% is good enough for god 10% is good enough for the federal government that's my basis for coming up with 10% okay but everybody would pay it it doesn't matter whether you're working or not if you go out with your your food stamps card or whatever they call it wick card i think they call it now you you know you go out with that card yeah. you're you're pay and you're not buying food but you're, you know, you're buying your your pack of smokes, or you're getting your lottery tickets, which I've seen them using it for, or uh, you know, you're you're at the general dollar store and you're buying all the crap there that's not food. You, they're paying ten percent back, just like everybody, you know, just like the rest of us who pay taxes. So everybody would pay it across the board. It would be more money. Um, I would be curious to see actually what the numbers look. That's what I'm looking at. Um, I forgot. <laughs> I completely forgot about this, that they did take a run at what they called at that point, the fair tax January of 23. Uh I don't even think it got to a floor vote. No, but it would have been a third somewhere between a 23 and a 30% number. Um, but I'm looking to see if they if offer projections. Jeez, oh, Forbes, you guys need an editor. Anyway, I, I won't bore people as I yeah, yeah, find yeah. stuff on the internet. But um, yeah, it's something interesting to see. Mm-hmm. It would take the teeth out of the IRS. Yeah, it basically eliminates the IRS... And makes everything completely very, very easy to figure out. Opponents mm-hmm. have called the tax regressive, claiming that it'll shift the nation's tax burden onto lower income households. Yeah, we see, then that's politics. Yeah. Yeah, that's politics. Anyway. So what's yours? Um, so my last one would be how do you pass most of these things that we've talked about? Because a lot of them that we've talked about impact would have to be things that would be negatively impactful to elected and appointed and hired people 
who would then have to make a decision to accept your six and six or your, you know, your 12 year um, mm-hmm. proposal or have to move jobs and lose that power as I cycle through. Yeah. And this is where I think we'll disagree. Well, no, I'm going to disagree with your original thesis that you laid out as far as the rules of this game go. It would because I think it would have to be a constitutional amendment to just to make sure it's enforceable. Any decision that directly impacts financial well-being, term limits, salary, benefits. only can be adjusted by ballot initiative. So if after after everything's would be fixed and say, well, the percentage of of we want to do a five percent raise for congressional salaries. Oh okay, okay now I'm with you have track with or you. we want to change the 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 how the pension plan works for Congress or whatever. Mm-hmm. Great. House passes it. Senate passes it as a part of a bill. White House signs it. It then has to go on a the next national election as a referendum on every ballot. So we as the voter ultimately The voter yes no. sets oh, the, okay. the salary of the employee right. we've hired. I agree with that. Kind of like when you're when you work for a boss, you could ask for a raise. They ultimately decide it. Yes. That's a novel concept. Okay. I agree with that. Cuz I'm looking at the last time they did a raise. It's usually at midnight. Quietly in the middle of the night and everybody happens to be there and everybody magically votes yes. Yeah, they usually get that or it's tacked onto some kind of bill. Yeah, and slipped through quietly. Um, oddly enough, it seems to have gone up 2008. Mm-hmm. It went from two hundred and sixty nine thousand three hundred to one hundred and seventy four thousand, and it's been at that since two thousand and nine. Oh, well, which is shouldn't good. go up anymore because I don't know too many people that make one hundred and seventy four or one hundred seventy nine thousand dollars on a part time job. Because it is a part time job. Oh yeah. If it was a, if, if a full time job, they would work fifty weeks out of the year like the rest of us do and take a two week vacation. Oh no, that's horrific. Don't. Huh? I have that. I have that argument all the time with people. They're like, "Can you believe Congress is off again? They can't get anything done." I'm like, "Thanks God." <laughs> yeah, you want these though. people to be in Washington more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. This is how yeah. bad they screw things up when they're working part time. Yeah, maybe we should pay them more money to go away. Was it Montana that they the the their 
their their house in Senate, Montana. You're only allowed to be in session like two days a two days a year. Firewall Montana is pretty well run state. Well, the last thing I have is, and this is this is more personal. Hits me more personally because I experienced it firsthand. Is I think if if we were going to change the government's way of doing things, is all of these military bases that we have spread throughout the entire world. Our Department of Defense, defense being the key word, not Department of Offense. Every one of these military bases would have to be justified and open to the public why this is a national security issue of having this base there. How does it impact our national security, our borders? And why do we have a basis in Spain and Germany and Japan and the the United Arab Emirates, Emirates, how do you say it? Emirates? Um, all the other places we have bases, you know, why, why do we have them there? So I would say that that, that would have to be changed is if, if, we're, if we're going to have a military base in Japan or yeah, Japan, as well as Germany, which are left over from World War II, which has been over for several decades now, about 70 of them. Well, 44 into World War II, 45. 44, 45. Yeah, so I'm, oh, I got a calculator here. 79 years. Yeah, coming up on 80 years. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say that there would have to be a, uh, then close the bases and bring all of our troops back to the United States and build the bases up here. Well, gave you a good example. We have bases all over the place. You ever see the bases, the map of the the bases that we know about in the Middle East? Yeah, that's why I ended up on military bases, shutting them down. Or the ones that we know about. Yes. Yeah. Where, and, and I don't know if you're caught up on this week's episode or, or Monday's or Sunday's episode. No, I, I have not. I'm okay. Not. We ha- handled targets on over the weekend of mm-hmm. Iran-backed, groups in retaliation for the attack on our our facility Mm -hmm. you know how they handled did that attack no well we have all those bases so it was a helicopter attack from one of the bases no okay they did drones from one of those bases no no all right they did a bombing run from the United States. Was it a B two? B fifty two. Oh no, the B one bomber. B one. B one The B one. Yeah, the B one Lancer. Yeah, beautiful aircraft. So they flew the B one Lancer from the United States all the way around the world, did the bombing run, and came home. Yeah. Okay, but not from one of the military bases that are already out there. Yeah, B one bombers used in. U.S. airstrikes in Iraq and Syria. All you need to know. Yep. So, hmm. we we handled it. Now, I From forget home. the number. It's like a hundred-some thousand dollars an hour to run one of these things, and we used two of them and flew them around the world. Well, what's a hundred thousand dollars an hour for the federal government? But Not much. Clearly, we didn't need that presence. No. Because all that presence did... The additional presence didn't allow us to strike back. 
all it did was put Americans' troops yeah. in harm's three way. More, three more are dead. Is it three, right? Yeah, yeah. it's three that lost their lives yeah. to this crap. Yeah. To what end? Yeah, the nation will always remember your sacrifice. Bullshit. They won't remember their names by the end of next week. Yeah, and that's horribly sad because that's that's the media will move on and it's just Yeah. It's 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 it it turned into watching that it turned into media it it turned into a media soundbite for people saying, Well, you know, and boy, there was a mm-hmm. bunch of them in the Senate who were gleefully running out and saying, This is why we should be bombing Tehran. Yeah, yeah, bomb, 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 Iran thing that they were doing, which is ridiculous. You know, it's like, God, grow up, people. You know, grow up. You know, and it, it kills me as having, you know, be, being a retired Marine, you know, and now I was never in combat. So let's put that out there. So anybody that's listening to this wants to bitch at me saying, Well, you were never in combat. No, I was never in combat been shot at but never in a combat situation that's just when you don't let us go to lunch when we're working together well yeah that's true too anyway um the 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 glib nature that these politicians have for um just committing the lifeblood of these young men and women that serve they don't even think twice about it but i bet you if it was one of their kids if it was their kids who were serving in the military, they wouldn't think they they would think twice about yeah, two or three times about oh let's just go bomb them and, and go off you know to to these to, to this country and go blow it up and everything. It just it just kills me the way they just do not think twice about oh let's go make war with these people. Just, yeah, anyway. I'm with yeah, you. I'm going to get mad. Yeah. Well, hey, we solved everything. It took us less than an hour. Yeah, well, because we're not so, in Washington, D.C. Yeah, no big deal. So, hey, yeah. we came up with it. So one of our loyal listeners, after you go to thoughtprovokingblokes.com, and, hey, if you like it, chip in a buck or two to us by donating there on the page. Go ahead and get that, get those changes rolling and let us know, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once you get elected. But only go there for 12 years. And only 12 years. <laughs> And that'd be another thing, you know, if, it only, if they only had 12 years to get things done, guess what would get done? Yeah, things would things get done. Things would get done. Especially, if they, and I tell you what, if you, and if you took off their, them off their golden system, the Social Security issue would be resolved very, very quickly. Oh, yeah. Well, when's the last time you heard that on the news? Well, it's come, we're coming up on an election year. Yeah. So I mean, since they're gonna, before they're, this year, four years uh, ago or two years yeah. ago. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, well. Well, Matt, I've got some horses that are going to be standing at the barn looking for me. So I need to go out and feed them because they're much more important than any politician I've ever met or ever will meet or who are currently serving to me or my horses come first. Well, there you go. Politicians. In fact, the politicians are below the horseman door. Yeah, I knew that was, I knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I can use the horseman door for the garden. There it's useful. There we go. It's called recycling. Hey, Matt, have a good day. Have a great week, Steve. Right. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>